What up, everybody? We are back. Yeah, I know it's been a couple of weeks or whatever. I was trying to get, you know, get the whole thing right. You know, um, I mean, I'm just trying to steadily increase the professionalism, even though we're doing phone calls and, you know, with the iPad and stuff like that. I mean, I hope that you're enjoying everything, you know? I mean, the phone calls will stay this, the same way. It's like it's a phone tap and you guys are paying attention. You know, you're a fly on the wall. You're spying on our conversation. Other than that, I'm going to bring this quality so you understand, like, I do know quality. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to get the quality and the conversation with the people that I'm speaking to. So, you know, now since we're talking about the quality of conversation, my next guest that uh, I'm bringing forth is DJ Che Don't Play. I met him with a group of other guys, and he just seemed like a very down-to-earth, get-busy type of person. And then after he broke up with the crew that he was with and was running solo with his DJ work, I actually was carrying his equipment. Yeah, I was carrying his equipment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was cool. I mean, he was paying me the whole nine, you know, and I just went to, you know, get into the vibe. And when I was carrying his equipment, I would just lay back on the side and watch him do his work and watch people vibe out with him. And I really appreciated what he was doing, you know? And then every now and then he would play some grooves that really caught me in the feels. You know what I'm talking about, right? And when, you know, when he, when he would play them grooves, you know what I had to do. I mean, I was there to work, but you know I had to get my boogie on. You know what I'm talking about? And anybody that knows me knows I love to get my boogie on. Whether it's at the club, at the bar, on stage. Hey, I get my boogie on on the microphone too. That's what we doing, you know? We just grooving, we just vibing. So like I said, this is life with Uni B Soul. You know, and then you'll see on the IG and social media, I got my little segment called Fly Vocals. That's the new website that's coming out soon, flyvocals.com. You know me for voiceovers and rap vocals and, you know, writing and all that good stuff like that. Well, I'm opening up a STEM store, you know what I'm saying? So that if you can't afford to get an original rap vocal from me or a voiceover, the STEM store is available for pre-made vocals that you could use in your production, your DJ sets and all that good stuff. So, you know, that store is coming up. So you'll see all the little the little graphics that I'm putting out called Fly Vocals, and that's that's the sponsor. I'm the sponsor. That's my new company. But in the meantime, please enjoy the show. This is Life with Uni B Soul. And as I said, my next guest, DJ Che Don't Play. Hello? Hello, Che. Yes, yes. Yes, we have the connection. Success. Yo, <laughs> yeah. yo, first of all, I owe you the biggest apology, yo. And, hey, yo, I want to, yo, I, I can't apologize enough. You know, we were scheduled to talk, and you took time out of your day, and I totally missed it. So ever since that day, I've been using my calendar to stay on point when I have to do something. But, hey, yo, That's I just want to apologize much, yeah. That's so how was it? Good, so, yo, real quick. So you 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 did this call towards the Franklin. That's what is it, a bike ride? Yeah, basically it's an annual bike ride um, in the Franklin area, Franklin County, and it benefits um, the food bank in the area. So it's more like oh. a charity, you know. So uh, <clears throat> every year they do it. They got like different routes, different miles, different things and stuff like that. Today I did 25 miles. So holy crap. Know, yeah. Last year, oh, oh. I did 40 miles. Busted my knees up, so I figured I'd take a little bit lighter. 
Hold on, how did you bust your knees up on riding a bike though? This is not running, it's riding a bike. So how did Yeah, you know what happened? I um last year I fell on a bike and uh, um I think I did something to my knee because I had special shoes that clip into the pedals. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah. So the bike fell one way, one way, and my leg went the other way, and I couldn't, you know, kind of like I couldn't take my feet off the pedals because they were locked in, you know. So you, I sustained an injury like that. So you, you know, and that's an interesting thing, thing too, because I always wonder about that. Like, what, what is that for? Why do you have to have your feet locked into those type of bikes? It's um, it, it allows for more transfer of power because if you wear like regular sneakers on a regular pedal. When you push, if you have sneakers that give, that's lost power. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So if you have a cycling shoe, it's a stiff sole, so all the power is concentrated into the pedal. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. And that's the reason why. But then there's and then there's that risk though. There's that risk of something happening. You're falling off. And you're right. Your foot right. Right. Because you have to be. You, I mean, ideally, you should practice clipping in and clipping out. You know what I mean? Before you get on the road and start using it. You know what I mean? Um, so, but it happens to everybody, you know? <laughs> it's, uh-huh. one it's just one of the risks that, you know, takes place with riding the bike. You know what I mean? You know, people yeah. fall. And getting older, getting older, it's harder to recover. So it's kind of like, but as long as I've known you, you've always been an athletic type of person, playing ball, always in great yeah. shape. And it's yeah. like, like, in in an instance like that, you know, in, in getting older and still doing these things that are physical, like, how is that for you? Do you don't have any apprehension with that? Do you be like, yo, I don't know, man, because last time I took a spill and, yo, my bones are hurting a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> do, 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 I mean does, you, that doesn't even phase you? Do you even think about that when you're doing these things? Or how is that? You know what it is? It's just like I just uh, I refuse to allow myself to think that I'm old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I constantly force myself to do things I probably shouldn't do, you know? Um, but I'm also smarter about it, too. So I'm not, like, doing anything too crazy, you know? I'm very okay. uh, mindful of my body. I listen to my body. And if I, my body's telling me I'm going too hard doing something, then I'll just modify it or stop doing it, you know? Hey, um, man, but, you... Uh, <laughs> you, you, know. you 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 making you look at and you're not even old but you know what I'm saying it's like but you make and, and this is like because you're a little bit older than me and i was like i remember meeting you when i first met you and it's like and then you telling me that and you look like a yo you're like you look like a young guy and you know what i'm saying younger so when you say your age is like it kind of takes people back like well i know for me i'm like oh okay you know, and it's yeah, like that's still that happens. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and it's it, and it's dope. I mean, uh, part partly it's it's uh, obviously good genes, but uh, I guess the other part is like uh, taking care of yourself. And I guess I mean this is something that's a big deal for you. It is a big deal, especially being that I have two girls that I have to raise, <laughs> and I got off to a late start. You know, being a parent, you know what I mean. So it's now easy. It's even more important for me to take care of myself. Even with the diet, I mean, I'm vegetarian now, you know? So, wow. Yeah. And that's like a recent change. I've done it before. Like a couple of years ago, I did it. I went cold turkey with it. Did it for like three years straight. For some reason, I started eating meat again. And uh, this time around, it's like, I'm done with it for good, you know? So um, <clears throat> that's helping. I feel a lot better since I've done that, too, you know? 
what inspired the like you said you you were a vegetarian before what inspired this time around to go after it again um honestly um well i i've always felt better not eating meat I love eating it, but after the fact, my body will pay the price. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't think like it would take my body forever to digest it, you know? Um, but that, in addition to some, you know, some documentaries that I've watched lately. <laughs> mm. I mean, for the most part, the documentaries were like the determinant factor. You know, that was just like, that made me say, you know what, this is it, I'm done. Because now I'm starting to realize the effect that it's having on the environment, you know? Wow. The industry, you know, livestock industry, you know, it's affecting the planet as well. So I, I feel like I have too many reasons not to eat it, you know what I mean? So uh, that's where I'm at. So you're, you're doing your part, you're health-wise, but you're just doing your part as a person on Earth. Like, yo, I want to do my part to, you know, even if, yeah. like, it's... It, 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 as small or insignificant, you might feel like, okay, it might not be anything, but I still want to do my part, and then it have a ripple effect. Like maybe it'll catch on to somebody else or somebody else, and then basically. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I just want to know that I'm doing my part. Um, you know, I just um, and hopefully I'll, I'll influence other people around me in my circle. And I feel like I've done that to a certain extent because I have a lot of people saying that they want to try the same thing, you know. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it just, it just feels right. It seems like nice. the right thing, you know. Um, and after watching numerous videos of how these animals are, like, slaughtered and stuff like that, I'm just like, this, 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 these are lives, you know. The same way I have a life, these animals have lives, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's just, I'm a little bit wiser now. I look at things a little bit differently now. You know, I'm, a, I'm at a different place in life. So, you know, that's where I'm at, you know. <laughs> it just feels right to so, me. You know? Well, I mean, and not to keep going on, on this path, but I just went, because I just did an interview uh, with uh, a female that I know, and she's a vegan. And, and, right. and I asked, and, and, you know, and she's, like, really dedicated to her lifestyle. But I'm like, so how do you, you know, some, you're talking to somebody and somebody says, hey, man, you know, it's cool what you're doing. Uh, but I like my burgers, I like my chicken, and, and I like my fish and stuff like that. And I, I, so I'm posing that kind of question to you because it's like you're saying you've seen these videos and you're, oh, life, you know, you, you realize you realize it for your own stuff and how it could be better. But then it's like, say you come across somebody, and it's like, man, yo, I love my chicken, I have fish, I, whatever you're saying. Is that like, I mean, what, what, what would, what, I mean, you, you're probably like, hey, you know what, brother, like, because you have a very, laid back personality so you'd be like yo you, you do you i'll do me or like would you give them like yo you should check out this information and this is why what would be your not so cold i guess like in, in a sense like intelligent argument like what could you tell them to maybe persuade them like yo you know you maybe want to look a little bit deeper well most of the time i, I i'm always i'm always careful not to pass judgment on anybody who, who eats me you know i um, mean like you said i'm more like i'm very laid back you know uh, I'm just like each his own, you know. That's your thing. That's your thing. But I probably, I think I focus more on just giving everyone an explanation as to why I'm doing it. When they ask me why I'm doing it, then I tell them everything, all the reasons why I'm doing it. Same thing I told I told you just now. I tell yeah. them, you know, um, it feels better for my body. You know, um, it's better for the environment. You know, I've watched this, I've watched that, and I've learned this about it and that about it. And, you know, for the most part, you know, that's all I have to say. You know, and I feel like saying that is just enough to kind of like, 
making questions some things. You know what I mean? But then it gets when, to people that's like, yo, forget that. I'm eating meat. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can never give that up, man. You're crazy. I don't know how you do it. You know? And I'm just like, okay, so I'm good. You know? Um, you, for the most part, do you see, like, people are, like, super supportive or it's like, ah, whatever, or, like, yo, they want to know more? Like, what kind of reaction do you get most of the time, for the most part? I mean, the people in my circle, the people in my they're very supportive. You know, like, I'm not going to have anyone in my circle who will find a big steak in front of me when they know I don't eat meat, you know? If right, anything, right. I'll try to, if I'm at a restaurant, for example, and I'm trying to have a hard time figuring out what to, like, order and something like that, my people will be like, well, check this out. You did, did you see this part of the menu? Or did, you see, did you see that part of the menu, you know? So for the most part, they're pretty supportive, you know? It, you, and you know, the reason why I ask that, too, because it's so ill when you're talking about being vegetarian or being vegan or stop eating meat. It's like, you know, you go across people, you say, I'm not, oh, I'm not, and they might know you in the past as, you know, eat these things, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. And it's like, oh, cool, and it sparks a conversation, but I noticed something different. You know, you take that to a level of alcohol, and people know you to drink, and then one day you show up to an event or whatever, and be like, no, nah, I'm not drinking, and then everybody stops, and like, whoa, 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 hold on, yeah. you're not drinking. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, you know, like, and that has, like, some crazy effects on our body. But then all of a sudden, there's a. It's like, whoa! You're like you committed a crime by saying, "Hey, you're not like you're not gonna drink." What is going on? Yeah, with you? exactly, exactly. You know, exactly. There's, so, this, there's always that constant peer pressure. And I, and by the way, I mean that's once I get this uh, vegetarian thing down packed, you know, then I'm gonna work on some other things. Alcohol being one of those. You understand what I'm saying? Because I want to kind of like kick that as well. But realistically, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, man. That's a, that's an ongoing battle for a lot of us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's not even such a because you could be a casual drinker, but it's like the the effect that you get from the buzz versus the effect that it has on your body. It kind of, yeah. like, the effect it has on your body, especially getting older. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's something that we all got to face. But speaking of getting older, and you touched on something about you, you waited later to have kids. And I want to know, was that by design? Did you not just... You figured, like, you know, you weren't, you weren't ready? Did you already knew that you were going to wait until later on in life? Like, how did that work out? Because you did wait later to have kids. Yeah, you know what? I just, you know, I mean, most of my life prior to having kids, I always felt like that certain things had to be in place, you know, before I went that route, before I decided to, you know, become a family man, a family man and have kids and stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons why it took me so long. I never felt like I was ready. I never felt like I had enough money. Uh, I never felt like I had enough things in place. Uh, uh, Maturity-wise, I felt like I was too many things I wanted to do, get out of the system and stuff like that. So, I mean, ideally, when it happened, it happened at the right time. I was absolutely ready, you know? Excellent. How how does that, how, how is it? Not just having kids, but having daughters. How has that? How has that changed you, or has it? Um, having daughters, it it's kind of tough because you know you know I mean, <laughs> I hate making statements like this, like <laughs> statements like this about women, but women tend to be a little bit more emotional than men, you know. So for me, I have three women that I have to send, you know, that at times be very emotional, you know, um, so I have to be mindful of that, you know, sometimes it's a little exhausting, you know, it can be a little exhausting, it can be a little challenging, you know, but, you know, I do what I got to do, I'm getting better at it, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, the the, the approach the approach is a lot different. I said the approach is a lot different than you know dealing with dudes. You know, it, it's a lot different. More, you gotta add some. I was told one time it's like you gotta what is it called? Smooth out the edges. You gotta come with a softer approach. Right. With the female. Yeah. And you definitely write it. It takes practice. Yeah, and I've been told. Told that uh, my approach sometimes is a little too rough. I can come off as like a child in the household, you know. And uh, they're right. <laughs> they're absolutely right. You know, when I'm trying to, you know, get things done in the house, get out the house, get things moving, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, I can, I can definitely take on, let's play that role, you know. But uh, it's something I'm working on. You know, I learn more, I, I learn every single day, you know. Um, so overall, it's a great experience. So when you say the drill sergeant approach, is that because you're very goal or oriented, or, or you have a military background? Like what? Like where did that come from? Well, a lot of times, I'll give you an example. In my household, this is like I, I, I most of the time I take that approach with them when it comes to time. You know, when it comes to getting them ready in the morning to get to school, get myself to work, uh, when it comes to getting them to bed by a certain time. Uh, that's when I generally do it. You know, that's when I generally become that drill sergeant, you know, because the kids, and I understand the kids, and it takes them a little bit longer to do things, but, you know, they get up, they, get, they look up with mom, and they start talking about clothes, and they start talking about this girly stuff and that girly stuff, and they, they, you know what I'm saying? And things need to get done, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I find I get the most frustrated, and I'm just like, okay, well, you know, we can't stay up to 9, 10 o'clock talking about clothes when the girls have to go to school the following morning, so we need to, you know, make something happen here, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but most Do you... My fault. Yeah. No, you say you're most of the time what? No, that's, I mean, most of the time, that's when I take on that drill sergeant role. And it's just when it comes to time and when it comes to me trying to just follow a schedule, you know, and be punctual. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's difficult because your time is no longer yours. It's also there, you know? Yes. So, yes. 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 I mean, you know that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what? So, uh, well, I got two questions. I, I, well, first I'm going to ask this one because we're on the subject. Do you plan on having off more more kids later or this is it? No, I'm actually good. I, I'm good with two. Um, <laughs> I wanted a boy. You know, I was hoping the second one would be a boy, but that didn't happen. You know, even though she has a boyish wings, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now, nah, I'm not going to have any more kids. If anything, if I, 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 my, my boy's going to have to be a dog. You know? <laughs> When I finally get a dog, it, it will definitely be male. It's a downside, you know, the a little bit in the household. Yeah. Well, let me give you a little something about that. Because I said that when we had the house, and I got a boy dog. And everybody yeah. loved the dog until, until the dog started getting a little bit bigger. It just became an issue. He was, he was definitely a boy because he was super rough. I had to get rid of the dog. Oh, really? Yeah. You had dogs before or no? Yeah, absolutely. I've had, uh, I've always had, you know, okay, I, yeah, I've had, 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 I've
Well, then I, I, I would think, I mean, I don't know if you noticed it, uh, because I had some boys in the world, I always noticed that they're going to like Lauren Hill, for example. I mean, this might be a shout out example, but yo, she's yo super talented. You know, she you know she gets paid to show up, but then you hear all these stories in the paper about her being super late, super you know, and it's money. But I mean, right, you know, right. And then and and you take it to a smaller scale. I've seen you know different people, whether it be artists, DJs, or different things, where it's like, yeah, it might be their business, but you know, these are I mean, they're kind of giving their business a bad name because they show up late. So. It is something right. you, you would think because of the money that it would make people snap and like, yo, I got it. But a lot of times people, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great quality to have. And if you're not, if it's not something that you have as a kid, it's like it is something to, to work on, you know, because they, people are paying attention. So. Well, it's funny. You know? I have a question in regards to that. So with that, that Lauren Hill thing, right? Yeah. She shows up late and she's known for doing that. But are people are people still coming out to see it? Yeah, isn't that it's crazy? It's crazy. Now there's true fans. There's fans. I I look at forums and be like, yo, I'm not doing it again. Yo, my wife and I are huge fans, and we won't even buy a ticket to go because of the chance of that. The chance of her not showing up. The chance of her showing right. up three hours later. And like we really wanted, we like years ago we really wanted to see her, and now it's becoming to the point where it's like, ah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. 
You know, you'd be surprised because people still keep booking her, but I, I, this is a thing. This is a real thing, I guess, because, you know, they keep booking her, and it's like, man, you haven't learned by now, but they really want her. You know, they want to right. hear that music. The man is there. Jesus. Yeah, the demand is there, and it's it's kind of ill. You know, it's kind of ill, like, ah, whatever, you know. But, hey, to each his own, you know. Um, yeah. You, you know, so, you know, it's, it's interesting because, like I said, I carry, I was carrying your equipment, and, I, you know, a lot of times we had a few conversations, couldn't really talk a lot. We got to talk in the beginning. Well, we talked in between when you're doing the gig. But I, I, I don't think I ever got a chance to ask you how you got into DJing. Um, yeah, well, here's how I got into DJ. Well, first of all, I always had a love for music, you know, um, growing up, I didn't have a lot of toys, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I needed something to, to, to keep me stimulated, you know, so that happened to be my mother's record, you know, she had this, um, record subscription, some type of subscription. I think it was time life or something where she would get sent like, so so many amount of vinyl records a month, you know? And I was just sampling, okay. you know, because I had nothing else to do, you know. So I did that most of my childhood. Um, high school continued. I used to, you know, record mixes, Red Alert, Tony Humphreys, you know, cassette tapes. I would record them every single Friday, Saturday night religiously, you know. I got to do mm. that ritual. And then um, eventually I went off to college. And, uh, you know, the college life is like parties all the damn time, so... I went to a party in Bush, uh, in Sweets. Um, and, uh, I think the mob, at the time, the mob, they were like the big, the big main DJs at Rutgers. You know, so, I mean, these guys had bass speakers taller than me, you know? And they were playing, and I was just sitting back, and I was just like, the, the love for the music was there, but I actually got a chance to see everybody just vibing off their music, you know, just like everything, you know? So I was just like, you know what? That's the day I decided I wanted to be a DJ. And I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I made it <laughs> that day, you know? Nice. So um, eventually I was, you know, because I had my mind set, I guess I just became a little bit more aware of the opportunity to do that around me, you know? So eventually I came across someone who had some, some secondhand turntables. They were Technic 1800s. These turntables, they were like, they had the rotary knobs to adjust the pitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just, I snapped those up for about $75 each. They were busted up, but I made it happen. You know, started shopping records at um, Sound Express in New Brunswick on George Street. I used to be the record store back then. I used to start buying vinyl. And then eventually, I just buying and buy, like every dime that I had, I would spend on records, 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 until I finally had a collection. And then um, <clears throat> what really gave me the platform in college was my fraternity. You know, I was going to Incorporated. And uh, <clears throat> they knew I liked DJing, so they provided the platform. I had some brothers actually loan me money to buy a new pair of turntables for taking 1200s you know? Nice. And they kind, of, they kind of like funded, you know, and they gave me that platform. And from there, the rest is history. And I started doing, obviously, all the, the parties for my fraternity. You know, but then word got out, doing a lot of house parties and stuff like that. Started doing parties for student organizations. It just grew from that point on. You know, how did you, how did you learn to mix? 
How'd you, like, somebody taught you? How'd you, you know, your, no one taught me. The, the funny thing is, I, no one taught me how to do it. I had to teach myself. I had to teach myself. Um, <clears throat> basically, I started mixing with house music because for me, that was the easiest to mix. Matching, you know, those, those beats, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and eventually I got good at it. And once I felt comfortable enough to move on to a different genre, that's exactly what I did. You know, and I would work at that genre. So the next genre for me was hip hop, you know. So I started mixing that and I started learning how to cut and scratch, you know. And uh, for the most part, I just listened to a lot of radio mixes, you know. Funkmaster Fleck at that time, you know, in college. He was the guy I was listening to. Um, and I just, I just kept listening. I kept listening, kept listening, kept practicing. And eventually my skill just developed, you know. Yeah, nice. uh, yeah but I, I didn't have anyone actually... Uh, how to do it. I approach people, you know, but um, <laughs> they said one thing and they did the other, unfortunately, you know? Hey, you, you're laughing because I, I guess you're it, it, it laughing like you, you just had a like a, a blip of a thought of some of the times that you asked somebody and they kind of like... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Some of the DJs <laughs> I actually looked up to, you know, I was like, I can remember one time going to Sound Express and at the time DJ uh, Supreme and DJ Don Juan uh, we're working there, and I gave DJ Don Juan a cassette tape, and I was really excited about it. I was just like, listen, this is my mix. Check it out, check it out, check it out. And he said we listened to it. And the next time I went into the store, I never, never really got a response from him, any feedback, no feedback was given to me about the tape and stuff like that. So that pretty much told me, okay, I was just some new bug, you know, <laughs> some new kid on the black trying, and trying to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, you, you know... It- so and then and you're and you know when you're talking you you're talking about an era too because you're like yo I spent all my money getting vinyl you just said that you gave a cassette tape and it, that's it's, it's interesting because now you go into all these phases of DJing because you're not carrying vinyl now you know what I'm saying like right. you're, you're 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 crazy on your computer but how you like how was that like you're going you're doing gigs and what you're bringing two crates of vinyl because even like you know you know when I was following you around you were bringing a lot of equipment in your car. And I'm talking about right. speakers, you know, the, the whole DJ setup. So, like, how Absolutely. how does that work? How does that work? Like, you 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 got like how many crates are you bringing a vinyl? Like, and how do you so at that time? How are you figuring out your set? What you're gonna do? Um, well, at that time when I had the vinyl, I actually selected whatever songs I wanted to play that night. You know, obviously with the digital age and technology, and you being able to carry your entire library in the palm of your hand. You know, I don't really do that. I mean, when, when I mix nowadays, I just go off the top of the head. You know what I mean? Mm. That's, 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 I, I got, I've gotten accustomed to doing that. I don't do, like, pre-mixes and stuff like that. I just, every single time I play, I try to play something different, and I go off the top of my head, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, when I had the vinyl, that, was, that, was, that pretty much was the process, you know? I would... Obviously, you can't take your entire collection, you know. So I was picking one, the most, you know, the music I thought were hits for the party, and uh, that's what I carried with me, you know. And uh, hope that it would work, you know. <laughs> oh damn! Hoping that it would work. Yeah, <laughs> and for the most part, it did. For the most part, it did. Thank God, you know. Did, did you ever have one of those moments where it's like you brought those records and then it's like? Yo, shit ain't hitting like, and it's like you know when the DJ ain't hitting, the crowd can get a little bit ill. Like, yeah, yo, yeah, man, 
Yeah. Get the DJ, um, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like every DJ's had that moment before. I've definitely had that moment. Um, but because, you know, for the most part, people want to come up to me. It's not like, uh, you know, they know how I play, you know? So most of the time, whatever I played was successful because they, they knew my style, you know? Nice. And the crew that I was rolling with, they knew how they, they knew how we played, you know, how we mixed, and, you know, and they came to see us. You know, so most of the time I was successful, fortunately. All right, you know. What's the, what's the name? And, and now you're saying that you go, it's crazy because you got this whole collection of music now that you could bring to the thing, and you're deciding to go where so, and this used to frustrate me. Um, like, I, I remember you remember, uh, what is that place in New Brunswick? Uh, Marita's, was it? Marita's Cantina? Is that the place? Yeah, Marita's Cantina, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times, you know, places like that, and in other places, I, I would go to, you know, different Applebee's or different places where you got a DJ, and it's so crazy because it just seemed like, yo, this guy just got equipment, he's playing the hits or whatever, he's like going for whatever is the new hit. He was like, you're basically doing what the radio's doing. But the part that I found that was so crazy is like, yo, he, the person would suck at mixing, and a lot of times I'd go in that one place, and the person would be really, really bad. And when I say that, it'll be like, yo, they get you with a groove, they got you on a groove. And all of a sudden, they switch the song up. Or when they mix, they actually stop the record. So that means everybody got to stop dancing. And then you're right. resetting to a whole different groove. And it's like, I find it interesting that, like, you have enough confidence in to say, like, I I'm locked into the groove. So I'm just going to come up here and right off the top play, you know, play what I feel. is like, I mean, do you go straight for hit records? Or, like, when you're going off the top, like, how do you open that set up? Like, I find that very interesting that you're going off the top. I go off the top. I mean... Now, I mean, I, I want to say I've evolved as a DJ. So back in the day when I used to spin, I, I would kind of like spin like your, your radio DJ. You know what I'm saying? Just stick to one genre and stuff like that, you know? But now I'm at the point where I'm just like, I want to like mix across genres and have it be seamless, you know? So that's what I, that's what I try to do. Because to me, it, it's easy. I feel like any DJ can play one genre of music the entire time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. that's, that's an easy thing to do. But it's a lot more difficult to play various genres, you know, from different times. You play in, in a way that you can, you know? So that's, that's my goal. I mean, I just experiment with it. I, I experiment with it. And I, you know, I, I like to say that I'm so good at mixing the music that no matter how I mix it, it's going to be seamless. You know what I mean? It's going to be seamless. You know, now whether people like the song that I play or not, that's a different story. But for the most part, it's been working. You know. So you're experimenting live. You're experimenting live on for the, the spot, or you're experimenting live. Yes, I'm experimenting live for the most part. Do, do you? you know? I mean, if you got an idea in your head, like, do you at least try it out at home, or is it type of thing where you're saying experimenting live? Like, you know what? I'm in the groove, and yo, oh shit! You know what? This record. I think it's going to work with this record right here, and you just try it for the first time out the box live and send the crowd, like, just just try it. Yeah, I just, a lot of times I just try it. I don't really, I don't really practice much at home. I mean, when I mix at home, I'm doing more like, I'm working on my turntablism. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Scratching and cutting, because that's where I'm at right now. I feel like, you know, putting songs together, mixing and blending, I've mastered that, you know? So now I'm on to turntablism. So when I'm home, I'm doing, I'm juggling, I'm cutting, I'm scratching, I'm doing more of that, you know? Mm. 
So it's just what I'm, uh, I mean, honestly, that's what I do on the fly. Wherever I'm, wherever I'm playing, I'm just, I'm just trying different things, you know? I what gives you the drive? Huh? What gives you... What give what gives you the the drive to keep improving as a DJ? Because like now you're saying, and I remember you mentioning this a few years back that that was an issue for you about the turntablism and the scratching. Am I correct? Right? You you did mention that before. Yeah, yeah. So so what what at this point of of being a DJ, what makes you keep driving? Like no, I want to get better. I want to work on the turn. I want to work on this part. I want to work on that part. What what drives you to keep going forward like that instead of just laying back like yo I'm getting the gigs I'm mixing everything is good and just staying right there. Well, I, I just I like to think of um, that I'm a person that always wants to get better no matter what I'm trying to do. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, I mean, there's just so many people doing this right now. You know? Yes. Yes. There's so many people doing it right now, and it's so easy for them to do it. You know? Um. And I don't want to be thrown into that category. You know what I mean? That, that category of DJs that, you know, they press buttons and they got the software stuff like that. Like, I want to separate myself from them as much as I possibly can, you know? So it's even gotten to the point where I don't even listen to radio mixes anymore because I don't want to be influenced by that, you know? Mm. You know? So, where I used to do that a lot in, in, in like, my earlier years of DJing, I won't even listen to a, a, a radio DJ anymore. The only time I do that is if I want to, like, see what's, what's being played. You know, if I want to get a sense of what's being played, what's hot, whatever the case may be, what's new, then I'll listen. You know, but for the most part, I'm making a point not to listen to radio DJs, you know, because I want to develop my own style. I want to continue to develop my own style. And I want to kind of, like, set myself apart from other DJs as much as I possibly can. You know, not to say that I'm better, but I want to be different. You know what I mean? Well, you want to be the best you. You want to be the best I you. want to be the best me, exactly. I want to be the best me, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to kind of like, I don't want to give anyone the impression that I'm isolating myself from other DJs because there's a lot to learn from other DJs, you know? Like, for example, I was just watching, and I had no clue that this guy could mix like this, but I watched a, a boiler room um, of uh, Jazzy Jeff when he was in Philadelphia, I think from last year. And I, I was just like, How's this guy doing this? Like, <laughs> like he made me, he made me realize like it's okay to play like this. Like mm. the way he played, I was just like, I've always wanted to play like this, but I've always had that little bit of fear because I, I didn't think people would catch on to it. You know what I'm saying? But what he did was just like I was I was amazed. And I've been, he's like right now he's my favorite DJ because of what he did in that first set. You know, it was just like it was incredible. It was incredible. You know. So after watching now, it's like, you know what? I can do this. It's okay for me to do this. And, and someone's going to like it, you know? So, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting because you said that you don't listen to radio mixes, but you still do your research. You still do your research and look up what people are doing. Because the boiler room thing is like, I, I, I've seen a lot of those videos. And it's like, you're, so you're still in, there's a lot of people that come through there. There are artists too. And it's, so it's, it's interesting because you you're still... Like, again, you, you can see that you really have a care and a passion for it because you're doing your 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 research, you know, and you don't even oh, have to, but. Absolutely. 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 I'm still, I'm still doing it. I still consider myself a student. I mean, I'm in a mindset where I'm just like, I'm new to the game. You know what I'm saying? That's mm. my mindset right now. I'm new to the game. So whatever I learn, you know, 
previously, prior to today, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, I'm new. You know, I'm new to this game. I'm starting over from scratch. That's the mindset. Why do you feel like that? Why, why do you feel like that? Why, why, or why did you put that in your mindset? Because I feel like that's the mindset I need to have, you know, mm-hmm. in order to, 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 uh, to, to keep that fire alive, to, to, to keep that passion. You know what I mean? The same, yeah. fire when, the same fire that I had when I first started, the very first day, you know, the day that I decided I want to do this. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the mindset I need to have now, you know, to be, continue to be successful, you know? Yeah, I've been doing, Yo, you sound like you're taking a, a long time. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and it sounds like you, though, your approach now, it sounds like a, you're taking a musician slash artist approach to it versus just grabbing the turntables and like, I'll do it and get, because there's a lot of dudes running out here, you know, they're getting paid for gigs, but the, the way that you're approaching it, you're, you're and wanting to stamp your own sound out and your own style. It's like you, you're definitely taking, that's a, definitely an artist approach. And then, you know, paying attention to the cutting and the scratching and different things is like the musician approach. So it's yeah. like, you know, 20, 25 years down the line, you're still DJing. You know, you can put DJ slash musician slash artist, you know, right. uh, on that thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, right. I mean, it's the way to do it. You know, uh, um, what's the name you said in the beginning? With your your mom's records, you said you were sampling them. When you say you were sampling them, you mean sampling and listening to them, or were you actually trying to get a hand in production? No, no, I wasn't. I didn't know anything about production then. You know, um, I was just sampling them to listen to them. You know, and um, to be honest with you, my knowledge and my love for like new wave '80s music it came from her. You know, mm. so, I mean, to a, to a big degree, I need I, I, I need. You know, I need to give my mother props for the passion that I have for music. Because if it wasn't for her collection, you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for the music that she brought into the house, you know, I don't think I would be here. I don't think the love would be there as much as it is. You know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of like have to give her credit for that, you know? Um, but I was just, I didn't know anything about production at that time. I just, I just wanted to explore what she had, you know? Was, was she a musician or was she just a big fan? She was just a big fan of music. She was just a big fan of music, you know what I'm saying? But my mother was the type, <laughs> you know, like, my mother, you know, you know I'm mixed. You know, my mother, she's African-American, yep. you know. My mother was the type, she was that person that listened to black music, but she was also listening to, you know, other types of music that, you know, black people weren't supposed to listen to. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like rock and, I mean... My mother used to walk around playing music on her boombox and people would look at her sideways, you know what I'm saying? Because she was playing uh, Men at Work, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Instead of uh, something off of, uh, I don't know, Kiss FM or something, you know what I mean? Right, you know, right. So she was an individual. She was that person, you know, but um, she just loved music. You know, that was her thing. She had a passion for music, so it became mine, you know? And you think that in that uh, her her eclectic taste in music and and the the wanting to be independent, you know, stand out and not follow whatever. Oh, you need to be like this. You, know, you feel like that's kind of where you get that from, where you know, absolutely, you know, absolutely, absolutely, definitely, definitely. And, and it's funny because a lot of the music I didn't appreciate at the time. You know what I mean? 
that's amazing too. And then, you know, that's the thing, you know, for me as an artist, that has always been a thing about making timeless music. It was never about the current trend. You wanted to be able to, you know, uh, uh, 60 years from now, you would want to make a piece that 60 years from now, somebody listens to it and they still feel the vibe. And it's like, you're like you saying that you're listening to your mom's music, you didn't appreciate it then, and now you're listening to it. Now the music she was probably listening to it was already, maybe some of it is already older, and now it's even more older for you, but you're able to go back and listen and appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I could think of several artists right off the bat, you know what I'm saying, that I had like, upon listening to it for the first time, I was just like, I didn't quite get it. You know what I'm saying? It didn't resonate with me. But now I'm just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like David Bowie. I mean, Summer Princess stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, other artists like that. You know, it's just like, I didn't get it then. You know, maybe because my, my taste, my musical taste, I was just, just weren't that sophisticated. But, you know, now I, just, I absolutely love that stuff, you know? And I want to play it as much as I possibly can. You know? So being, so, and now that you're playing these type of records as much as you can, how do you, and you're DJing, and you know, most of the time you're DJing, there's a lot of, I'm sure you're still playing a lot of hip hop, you know, because that's what's out there in the crowd and for most of the crowd. Um, how do you manage or do you deal with newer hip hop or do you stick to a certain brand of hip hop? Like, how do you take that, that approach, mixing these new wave records into your mix when you're going to places? I just, um, well, the hip hop, <laughs> Oh man! Well, <laughs> I have certain feelings about today's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I came up in the golden era. You know what I'm saying? Nineties. You know, that's what I love to play. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm not playing too much unless it's a hit. I'm not playing too much of the hip hop that's coming out today. You know, unless yeah. this is the main boy, someone requested, or was something that I, you know I personally like myself because there are some things that I do like. I'll play that, but um, I just I just find a way to mix it in. You know, I just I the way I play my set, people know that I have a way of like I let people know that don't expect me to play this this particular genre for so much longer because I'm gonna switch it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they know that about me. You know, and I made it a point, to, and I made it a point to play that way for that reason. Because I don't want I want them to become familiar with my sound. So, you know, it's very easy for me to go from a hip hop record to an eighties uh record, you know, and so on and so forth. It's very easy for me to do because my listeners expect that. You know? I love it, yo. You're you it sounds like you're very adamant about getting people into your sound, like getting you're getting paid or are people booking you based off of your taste, being a tastemaker versus you being a jukebox. You right. know what I'm saying? Play these records. I, I think that's uh, it's excellent because, uh, like, you, you basically set yourself up for success later on down the line, you know, versus, like, somebody jumping in and being, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll play whatever you want, and then we'll do it like this. And it's like, yo, that is a dime a dozen. That right there is the type of th situation where it's like you're supposed to get $1,000 for the gig, but they'll give you $100 for the gig because they're like, hey, well, I can get anybody to do it. I can actually just get my iTunes playlist, and I don't really need you. Exactly. You know, and but the way that you're establishing it is like, yo, they're paying for you. They're paying for you. The brand of right. uh, they don't play is like, and it's like, exactly. it's a very, it's a very intelligent way to do. It. Now, when you were DJ, at what point did you start saying, I'm gonna start moving like that? Or you all since the beginning? I think you were already saying it. They're like you were already doing it from the beginning, actually. 
They yeah. already knew yeah. it, right? It took, it took me a long time to get to that point where I felt comfortable enough to take that approach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now I'm there. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, listen, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? I just know I have an understanding that not everybody's going to like me as a DJ, but mm. there are people out there that are going to like me as a DJ. You know what I'm saying? That people are, that are going to accept my style, you know? So I feel more comfortable just saying true to myself and just waiting to for those for those fruits to bear itself. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's 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 just pretty much what it is, you know. And I just made it a point, like I said, right off the right right off the gate, right off the gate, man. I just made it a point to to, to uh, play like that, you know. You you know, in the same time that you made it a point to play like that, when you're looking at a crowd and you're playing a record. It's, uh, again, taking an artist approach, like there's times that, you know, we'll go on stage and you're looking and you're, you're performing something, you're trying it out and you're like, and you can tell that it's falling flat. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I do for that, but I wanted to kind of hear what you do uh, in regards to DJing because you be like, yo, I got this idea, I'm going to try it. Like, and then you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to go all the way through with it. It doesn't even matter. Like, I'm looking at the crowd. People don't look like they're vibing with it. Maybe they just don't get it. Or do you actually like, mm, oh shit, let me mix it. Like, what is your approach when if you try something and it's just not it? Uh, my approach is pretty much if I try something um, and it's not working, then I'll switch it up. You, know you do switch it up. Because ultimately, for me, I want people to be entertained. You know what I'm saying? Even if they're not entertained, you know, per se, off of my particular taste, when it's all said and done, I want people to be able to say, you know what? I had a good time. You know? Yeah. You play the music that I like. You know? So when I experiment with stuff, I am very mindful and I make it a point to see what people are vibing to and, and what they're not vibing to. And if, if they're not vibing to a particular track, whatever the case, a particular genre, I'll make a mental note of that and I'll switch it up. And, you know, I may try it again, you know? If it, and if it doesn't work again, then I'll probably just stay away from it, you know? Are you You'll try it again um, later on in the set or just another day? Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably try it again later on in the set because, like, wow. with, the place I'm, with the place I'm personally playing at, you know, people come, you know, people are in and out of the establishment throughout the night. You know what I'm saying? So at the beginning of my night, I may have a certain demographic, you know what I'm saying? But eventually, they'll leave and I'll have a whole different You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that, what didn't work before, I may chance it again to see how it goes with the new demographic that came in. That came in, you know. Wow. And if, wow. If it goes off well, then I'll I'll keep going with it, you know. So wow, wow. That's that's pretty much, you know. It's a lot of trial and error. And how do you like? What are you doing? Like, cause you got to stay focused on your laptop a little bit. Got to focus on the turntables, like. What are you what are you gauging when you look out in the the people that are out there? Are you looking for eye contact? Are you looking for head nod? Are you looking like are you sour faces? Like what are you paying attention to? How do you or do you just feel it? You just feel it come, you know, you the, the, the hairs on your neck stand up? Yeah. I mean it's just an energy, man. Um you know, I, I look at all those things. I look at people up and out in their head. I see, I look at people and see if they're looking back at me in agreement to what they're doing. Um, mm. Keeping in mind how the people actually came up to me and said, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, keep it up. You know, you know, I appreciate the music because lately I've been, I've been getting a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm getting feedback. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I just like, I'm getting feedback from everything and everywhere, you know? So pretty much that's what I pay attention to. But overall, it's just the overall energy. I can tell when it's just like, ah, you know? And when things are just like lively and people are really enjoying themselves. And they don't have to be on the dance floor, you know, doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? They could be sitting down at the bar and I can still tell that they're vibing to the music, you know? Because sometimes right, people right. don't want to dance. They just they want to sit down and just converse with their people. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And just have yep. some good, good music in the background, you know? So I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that I don't need that. I don't necessarily need to have a packed dance floor for people to be having a good time. You know what I'm saying? I understand that people can have a good time sitting in the booth, you know, eating their dinner. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case may be. You know, throwing darts or do whatever, do whatever they're doing, you know? Right. So yeah. it's just something that I, it's, I just it's just something that you can feel. You know what I'm saying? You can tell. You can tell. You you can tell if, if you make you got to keep yourself open and aware. And I say that because I've seen DJs and I don't know how they could even do this. I've seen DJs kind of. This is like playing. You ever be on the basketball court with somebody that just plays basketball and all they do is look at the ball. They don't see who to pass it to. They don't right. like. They're not paying attention to anything. Yeah, right. I've seen DJs do that, and I was like, I, I don't get it. How could you just be – it's like, are, are you that shy of a person that you can't look at the crowd? Like, you know, and yeah. it's like, how could you get a sense of the room? And, you know, and I've seen DJs actually come into a venue and just play whatever they wanted to play. And it's like, you know, it's, it's in a sense, okay, if you can make it sound good, but I'm talking about play whatever they wanted to play. Like, no, you guys are going to listen to me. And listen to this to the point that they actually drove people out of the bar. I've seen this with my yeah. own eyes, and I'm like, "Yo, this is horrendous, yo!" Well, like, yeah. "Yo, you're messing up. You're messing up the money." Right, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so so, and it's like, and I think, and and I point that out because you know, so many people will buy equipment and call themselves DJs because they got the equipment without, like, for me, I hold the DJ in the most highest regard, even before anybody else, into because they are the lifeblood of what goes on. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of a disrespect when somebody grabs some, you know, the equipment, right? Yeah, I'm DJing. And I've seen, I've seen DJs that will go and play like 15 seconds of each song. Like, yo, you're not even letting people get catch the groove. I've seen so many bad DJs. You know what I'm saying? So many bad DJs. And um, so it's, it's interesting to, you know, like I've been around, like I said, I was more than, willing to carry your equipment and it's like yo and, and you paid me but it was like i i like being in the vibe because you're a great dj there's times that i'll be sitting in the back and then it's like you you know you you start getting into a nice little groove and i gotta come out i'm like i'm there to work or whatever even though i don't have to do anything after the point of bringing the equipment in but it'll be a time like yo i gotta dance he's playing the jams you know what i'm saying like right. he, and, you know and i i feel like that's a very very important set that somebody that wants to DJ, they need to develop. Like, you know, it's not enough just yeah. to play records. You got to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 that's, that's a good thing. It's a good point that you bring up because it's like a certain point in the night where you can play 15 seconds of the song and go on to the next one. You know, you like, if you got the dance floor in the frenzy, it's like peak hour. Then you could jump from song to song, from song to song to song like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh. But you can't do that the entire night. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just like the night, depending on how long your set is, if you're playing the entire night, I mean, several hours, you know what I'm saying? Then you kind of like have to pace yourself, you know? So there's kind of this point in the night where you just kind of like let people vibe off the music, you know what I'm saying? You know? And at certain points of the night when you got people 
they're nice and tall and they're lit, you know what I'm saying? And they want to dance and party and stuff like that. At certain points of the night, that point in the night, you just, then you can, you know, just have the dance one the frenzy by just jumping, jumping from track to track to track to track to track. Ah, but I guess there's even an art to doing that. If you're going from track to track to track, there's, I mean, obviously there's an art into the mixing. Like, you, you know, because, I, like I said, I've seen a mug go from track, and it's not even on beat. You want it to be on beat, and you want it to be, like I said, as seamless as possible, I guess. You want it to either be, you know, continuous, you know? Um, yeah, but there's, 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 there's points in the night where you can do that, where you can play like that, you know? Providing you have yeah. the, the the right, you know, for me, providing you have the dance floor, you have the right crowd, you know what I'm saying? There's points that you can do that. So like I said, there's points where you just have to let the music rock, you know what I'm saying? Just let it go. People want to hear their song. You play a song that someone hasn't heard in such a long time, and they're like, oh, my God, and they're, you know, their damn mind. You got to let it play, especially if they're fucking singing to it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, why would you cut off a song that someone's fucking singing their heart out to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot. You're right. A lot of these things don't pay attention to that. You know, you you know these some of these attributes that you're you're mentioning about just listening and paying attention to people. It sounds like a lot of part about being a DJ. You could translate that, and I, maybe you have into just everyday life dealing with people. Do you feel like some of that mental thing that you do DJing, you kind of take that with you and apply it in just relationships and conversation with people? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely do that. I definitely do that. Um, I, I mean, I'm the type of person, I'm always reading people. I'm constantly reading people. I'm always trying to get a sense of where they're at mentally, emotionally, you know what I'm saying, what type of energy they're giving off, and I'll just try to match that energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. If I get the sense that someone doesn't want to be talked to, then they're like, you know, have a nice day. Nice meeting. You know? <laughs> uh, but if I get that, if I get that, you know, if I get that vibe that, you know, someone's up for conversation, you know, I'll, I'll have that conversation. You know, a perfect example of that is like my car was out for like a couple of weeks. I was catching Uber back and forth to work, you know, and right off the bat, I could tell what drivers were down for a conversation and what drivers didn't want to have no conversation whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I just went with it. Mm. I just went with it. I had some great conversations that, you know, with Uber drivers that were up for the conversations and, you know, drivers that pretty much straight face didn't turn back and say, how you doing? How's your day? Good morning. Whatever the case may be. I was just like, okay, this is where this person is at. So I'm, you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, you know? Make and it's nothing personal. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and a lot of times it's nothing personal. You know, it's, it's life. Right. Where, you know, somebody could be going through something. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would, I'm mindful of that, too. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what someone else is going through. You know what I mean? So you can't take stuff like that personal. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just find it hard to believe that somebody wouldn't want to talk to you because, you're like, yo, you have a great personality, man. Like, I see you around. You got, like, a real positive vibe. You know? And I'm, and I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, you you know, we all got our our moments where it's not so positive. But for the most yeah. part, when I see you go out and you're dealing with people, like, yo, I, I, I've seen, you know, you around people and people light up and you just talk. And you can just give them a nod and say hi, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And they're, or they're just coming to say, yo, that you're doing great. But, yo, yeah. I, it's, I find it hard to believe that somebody wouldn't want to talk to you, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I come across those people sometimes. I mean, I... 
I'm the type of person I say hi to you no matter what you look like, no matter, you know, where you're coming from. I'm always saying hi to every person that I see, I say hi. You know, even if they look like they're about to kill somebody. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time I get hi, sometimes I don't. But I'm just a people person, man. I just love people. You know, I love people. I feel like there's just so much you can learn from everybody. You know? Young and old. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's the reason why I'm, I am the way I am. You know? You know? I always say, I tell people that, um, you know, people say about reading books all the time. I said, having a conversation with somebody and listening to them is, is the equivalent of reading a book because everybody has a, yeah, everybody has a story. Absolutely. You'll be, you'll be surprised, you know, if you take the time. It's true. Everyone has a story. Everyone has an area of expertise. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so a lot of times, I mean, I joke around and say, you know, someone tells me, well, why don't you go back to school? A lot of times I'll joke around and be like, you know, I'm not going to go back to school. I'll just pick that person's train right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And get the, ed- and get the education for free. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely, man. I just, I just love talking to people, man. I love talking to people. I, love, I just love people. You know? So, you know, and then so one thing I want to ask you, I'm not going to hold you up too much longer, but I want to, I always found it interesting about your fraternity because it's, it's a, it's a, a, a Latino uh, fraternity, right? Yeah, it's a Latino. It's a Latino fraternity that was founded by 20 men, uh, Livingston Campus in '79. But now we're multicultural. You know okay, saying? okay, it started. Okay, okay. Yeah, and very you know, we got everybody in our organization. So what? You know, I you know, I, when I went to college, well, I went to DeVry actually, but then I tried Rutgers for a little bit too. But I, I never understood. Uh, what was it with the fraternities? Like, what, what, what is the benefit? If, I mean, if you don't mind touching on it, you know, because there you might be somebody going to college. Like, what is the benefit of being in this group? What were you looking for when you got with the, you know, with, with your fraternity? Or did they come and recruit you? All right, you know what? I mean, what I was looking for was I was looking. See, the way I started college was kind of rough because um, nothing was in place when I started college. You know what I mean? A lot of my paperwork wasn't submitted and stuff like that. So when I came to college, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even have a place to stay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I didn't get a dorm until like two, three weeks after the fact, you know? So I was kind of like a lost individual in this big university, you know? And um, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be around people. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be a part of something, you know? So um, what happened was one day in the dining hall, you know, one of the guys that I was in the EOF with, he happened to pledge for that organization, you know, and he had his jacket on, you know. So because I knew him, I felt comfortable sitting down with him and asking him, like, yo, what's that about, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I sat down with him, asked him what it was about, you know. He gave me his explanation of it, you know. And he was just like, yo, if you're interested, you know, we're having, like, a meeting tonight. You can come and check it out tonight, you know. So, and that's normally, that's not, especially now, that's not how it's done. There's it's stages to that, you know what I'm saying? I, I it's all those things. And then the next time I was with the brothers, they put me online. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I went to that. I went to that meeting, that interview, and you know, walked into a room about ten, fifteen brothers. You know, they had a chair in the middle of the room. They had me sit down in that chair, and they just asked me questions. You know, why am I interested? Tell me something about yourself. The whole thing. You know, and wow. uh, they were just like. The final thing they asked me was, if we were to put you on tonight, 
would you go on? You know? And I was just like, yeah, you know? So maybe the day afterwards, they called me up and said it's time, you know? And then I was online. You know? So what does that mean? What does that mean to be online? That's that you're in? To be online, it's a pledge process. It's pretty much where um, it's how you form your brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? With the guys that you're pledging, you form okay. the brotherhood that you're going to have as a brother for the rest of your life. You know? Um, you learn about the organization. You learn a little bit how the organization is run. It's kind of like they prep you, you know? Yeah. They prep you to be able to play your part in running the organization once you become a brother, you know? So, and the other thing is, it's a time where they want you to focus on your studies because one, one of the main purposes of our organization is to increase graduation rates. You know what I mean? Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. People, you know, the fraternity wants, you know, especially, you know, people of color to start college, remain in college, and eventually graduate. You know, yeah. there's something else to stress throughout the process. You know, it's like you were in the library all the time, you know, all day in the library, you know, staying on top of our studies. And then at night, you know, we had our sets, you know, we, we meet brothers and we get pledged and that's pretty much it, you know. So uh, basically that's what the process is. So, so, so now, be, yeah. no, I was going to say now being older and being in it, uh, are you required or do you take it upon yourself to get with the younger guys or and, and get younger talent or, you know, younger or in a sense, people that are doing something like, or is that something that's just left up for the younger dudes that are doing it? Like, how is it to be? Because I guess you, would you be considered almost like alumni in a sense? Yeah, yeah I'm considered alumni. We have like alumni chapters and I mean, most alumni, you know, they have to get involved in that level. Get, uh, they get involved. They may get involved on the national board level and stuff like that. Um, me personally, I like I like to be involved with the undergrads, you know. Mm. And that's what I've been trying to do lately. I've been trying to be like go with the undergrads, go to their events, you know, uh, be history for them. You know, anytime they want to talk about you know past lines and stuff like that, you know, I could I could be that person, that historical person, to be like, listen, this is how it was back then. You know, to anyone who's interested, you know. So um, that's the role I'm presently playing right now. Nice, nice, nice. You, so uh, before I let you go, this is I, I, this is gonna. I think this is gonna take us there. Um, you're Hispanic and black. I'm Hispanic and black. You're Puerto Rican and black, right? Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican and black. Yeah, and I'm Dominican and black. You speak Spanish or have limited Spanish, or you speak no Spanish? I once upon a time I was speaking Spanish fluently. Um, when my mom had me. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, you know, my mother got custody of me, and I was with her since then, you know, and I kind of like lost the language. So, yeah, I'm not able to speak it fluently. I can understand a lot of, a lot of the language, but I can't speak it fluently. And I say that to you because it's like I have very, uh, you know, I went with my grandparents to DR, and I came back at, 
a young age, speaking nothing but Spanish. Spanish was my first language. And then over time, being in the military family, going from base to base to base, I learned English and totally forgot Spanish. And right. I wanted to see for you, you know, even now, I wanted to see for you, like, do you ever feel or have you felt, or even still, like, do you feel like that has limited you by not being able to be bilingual to speak Spanish? Does that limit you in a sense? Yeah, I do. I do feel like it limits me, you know, because um, there's a lot of, uh, like at work, for example, you know what I'm saying? A lot of our clients are Spanish speaking, you know? So when, you know, there's a need for a translator, I'm not able to do it. You know, and a lot of times I feel like, you know what, I should be able to do this because this is who I am. You know? Yeah. So, uh, that's that's the way it limits me the most, you know, like career-wise, work-wise, you know. Personally, I don't get that feeling so much, you know. Yeah. I don't, because most of the people that, you know, most of the people in my circle do speak English, you know what I'm saying? So I have a way of communicating with them. You know, if it, was, if it was the other way around, then obviously, you know, I wouldn't be able to communicate at all or not as effectively. You know, so. you know what? If it was the other way around, you probably would be speaking Spanish all over again because it's like something about being pushed in the environment. To, it's like, and then it's like, oh, I got to figure this out. Just being frustrated as not being able to communicate. So you might actually, it might have turned, you know, you, you might be actually more Spanish speaking. I mean, because I, I, that's kind of what happened. I know for me being a young guy and speaking Spanish and then just being forced to speak English in a sense just to, to hang out with the other kids it kind of, you know, made the English kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just, I, you know, and I ask you that because, you know, I noticed that there's a lot more uh, Latino Americans in a sense. You know, uh, people that have of Hispanic descent, but they were born here and a lot of mixed you know, where, you know, it could be Spanish and black, Spanish and white, whatever. So it doesn't matter. So it's like, and you, you notice there's a lot more, but, and a lot more that don't speak, you know, English is their first language. Sometimes English is their only language. And then I just wonder, I was like, you know, do you ever feel like handicapped? And also on top of that, knowing that that's a part of you, what, going forward, you think with your, your daughters, would, I mean, I mean, I guess, would you push them to do it or try to encourage them, like, yo, pick up a language as early as possible? Like, is that something that you, you think that you might try to give to them? Or, or is like, ah, you know what, we're in America, it's English, so you'll be all right. Or, or you think you'll push some of that on them? Like, yo, you know what, try to try to get some of that. No, I would like my kids to, uh, to be able to speak another language. You know, it's who they are, you know? It's who they are. Yeah, like my daughter's, you know, and uh, my daughter is, obviously Puerto Rican black and she's also Haitian. You know what I mean? Wow. Wow. So, wow. Nice. You know, I, I, I would want her to pick up something, you know, not just Spanish, but even Creole, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like, it's, it's part of your identity, you know, it's your cultural identity, you know? And I feel like it's, it's something that um, should be cherished, you know? I mean, yeah. I think it's a great thing when you're able to speak, you know, uh, your native language, you know, in addition to English, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. I, I would love for that. I would love for that to happen for my kids. You know, I mean, my my she gets pretty excited. My oldest daughter, she uh she has Spanish classes at her school. She gets pretty excited about it. And she comes back home saying Spanish words and stuff like that. And she's already inquiring about her cultural, you know, and her ethnic makeup and stuff. So, like she'll ask me questions like, uh, you know, um, am I Spanish? Am I Mexican? 
You know, she can't really sing, you know what I'm saying? You know, in my, right. you know, <laughs> you know, but um, the, that curiosity is always, already, it's already there, you know? She already wants to know what she is. You know? She wants to learn more about the culture already. So I'm just like, why not jump on the opportunity to kind of like, you know, get here to learn more of it, you know? Yeah, yeah who knows? You'll probably, you know, uh, pick it, pick it up in the process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, even a, yeah. even a little bit. Yeah, yeah. man. Yo, I mean, say, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm that. Well, we we could talk anytime. You know, you you know, you're somebody that has always, even from after, like, you know, after you know, helping out with equipment, there was there was times that you would just reach out to me. You know, and I, I remember a time that you couldn't make it make it to a show. You you actually mailed me a letter and put twenty dollars in it. I thought that was like I was like, man, this dude is he's amazing. You know, like I, I would never even thought to do that. And then I call you up and I'm like, what is this for? He's like, yo, I'm a man of my word. And I'm, I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's of you, but, Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I, I I always found that interesting about you too because it's like you've always taken those time out, and this is over courses of years and years and years, and it'll be something not even asking for anything. It'll be like, yo, yo, what's up? You know, hi, or whatever like that. And um, so I know it, it, it was a it's a privilege for me to be able to sit down. Well, not sit down, but over the phone and have a, you know, have a conversation like this. Because I don't think we got to go like this. But um, so it's definitely a privilege for me. But, and I know that, like, outside of this, that I'm going to speak to you more, 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 more. Um, because, like I said, like, over the course of the years, it, it could be months. It could be a long time. But I know that I usually, I mean, I hear from you. And I'm not talking about on social media with a like. Like, I'll get a, like I said, right, text right, or something like right. that. Yeah, so I I think that's dope, you know. Um, so you know, I just I just wanted to tell you that, man. Like I, I hey, appreciate man. you, hey, I, man. Listen, I, I just well, listen. I've always, you know, I've always looked up to you, bro. Like I'm I'm always inspired by you and, and what you do and how you continue to evolve. It's just like uh, you're just one of those dudes, you know what I'm saying, that I can actually talk to. You know what I'm saying? That inspires me. It's constantly inspiring, you know what I'm saying? And I've always, uh, I just like you. I, I mean, I've always raised about your work, you know what I'm saying? Always, since day one. I mean, I, still, I was listening to your track the other day. Yeah, can we remember that? That's one, That's one of my favorite songs, by the way. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, so. it's part of my playlist right now. It's on my phone, you know? So, like, uh, I feel like I'm glad to have you you're someone that always uh, you let your you know what I'm saying you're someone who's always forthcoming with information and tips and advice and stuff like that and uh, I don't really have that many people like that in my life to be honest with you you know what I'm saying so you know I, I thank you for taking the time to do this with me man I really appreciate it I, I, you know I, you know on that note I always say let's just continue to inspire each other we should be able to ride right. and join out to the sunset right. The next twenty five, thirty five years. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, stay on the, you know, you're trying to stay on the positive note. Keep making that funky music, and um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot north of you now because I'm closer to the city. But you know, yeah. I come around, you know, I, I, every once in a while, you keep me in tune to, you know, where you're going. I mean, it's kind of hard when you're like in the thing. I, I can't really talk to you. I could just appreciate you spinning. But you know, right. I guess we make some time in the near future just to just to get up, man. You know, I know you're a busy guy, 
but I even considered, I was considering at one point to not do this on the phone with you because of the history and actually have it sit down and, and you know, break bread and just sit down. Right, right. That's more, yeah, so... So, so I think I think in the near future that's something that you know that that we should do, you know. Yeah, I, absolutely, man. I'll be definitely game for that, man. Definitely game for that. Yeah, and I think that that'll help. You know, I might not be in your fraternity, but it's like you know, I, I, I you know, we can strengthen our bond. And, and, oh, absolutely, uh, man. We're brothers, man. We're brothers. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I think that's a, so you know we'll 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 work it out and um yo just continue success, man, and you know. Hey, you, you know, yeah, we just keep going. Look at, uh, look at, and believe me, I, I know how it, how it feels about the girls. So just, you know, <laughs> I know <laughs> just, I just ride, know. just, yo, just ride the wave. If I could give you anything, ride the wave, man. Ride the wave. You know? I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to ride. All right. I'll talk, I, I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot, bro. All right. Thank you. Peace. All right. God bless, man. So there you have it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This is Life with Univiso. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Lips, and all that good stuff. And you can follow me on social media, U-N-I-V-S-O-L-M-C. Make sure you get your vocals and voiceovers, too. And until next time, stay fly. Not one for the gossip, not one for the nonsense To make it perfectly obvious, I'm here to get my pockets On overload, heavyweight mode, don't care who's watching Spinning my goals, kicking my flow, get them speakers knocking Fight your way about that ghetto with limited options Get your hands up for this dough, modern day robin Hoodie hood fella got the groove back Rockin' LA driver in the front seat Blow through your city boppin' Liddy with the buzz, homes when your album droppin' I'll be sure to like everything you do, but I won't be coppin' Arrested development, you speak back to me when you not poppin' Respect to the brothers like you, who stayed on the lockin' Up the sideline and on the chime and observing, getting nervous, asking for a hand, you're in the dirt, you working. Couple of snaps, few hashtags, I told the world we deserve it. You keep on showing them how it's done, I'll be here front and lurking. Sometimes you just gotta be like, oh shit. And just roll up with something in the end, man. They gonna watch your moves regardless, keep doing what you do. Okay.